Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. Kevin, what, after many, many years, did we just watch? We just watched something called, uh, I actually watched this program (laughs) when it originally aired back on September 22nd, 1979. It was the Night of the Wizard, which was the first episode of A Man Called Sloan. I was not quite eight years old. I was still a young man of seven years. 
Uh, I was very, I was a big fan of the James Bond films. <laughs> I saw the advertisements for this. It was on Saturday nights. I watched every episode of this series. I was brokenhearted when it went off the air. At the time, I remember being very impressed with its high production values, the witty scripts, the charismatic acting by the likes of Robert Conrad and Dan Hurley. <laughs> the time no, I thought parts of it were a bit risque, I felt. I can't believe you forgot Torque. Torque. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. But I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. G2 Kambuka. Torque is a guy with an artificial hand, which I thought was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Uh, the show, I believe, lasted uh, either 12 or 13 episodes. It was off the air by the end of 1979, never to return. So I did not see a second of this show from 1979 until earlier today when I watched the opening credits on YouTube at a fried chicken place with you. And then uh, when we got home today, we said, let's watch an episode. And you said, Kevin, let's watch the first episode. See where the magic began. Yeah, Night of the Wizards got bound to have magic. Spells, yes. maybe. Uh. Robert Conrad, perhaps best known for his role in the Wild Wild West. Uh, during a rare quiet moment in this episode, I, I took a moment to look him up on Wikipedia. Did you know he apparently uh, late in life was involved in an age gap relationship? I mean, a lot of actors are, so it's not that surprising. Okay, then we'll just let that go. <laughs> This episode, I, I should, I, I also feel, should be mentioned that it includes a guest appearance by one Roddy McDowell. Yeah, <laughs> hamming it up. <laughs> Is he the wizard? Is he the wizard? The eponymous wizard? I, I don't know. No one knows. This was insane. This was way weirder than I thought it was gonna be. It's like really basic, but also like has so many weird like the the ending image is gonna haunt me. But we'll get to that later. We don't have to. So as Kevin said, Sloane's like this super spy. In this episode, Roddy McDowell is it well it starts off with Sloane in an airplane and he's Sloan <laughs> Sloan is in this helicopter being piloted by a beautiful woman, and he's bantering sexily with her. <laughs> at least at the time, not quite eight years old. I thought this was really... <laughs> a little bit too much. Let's just get to the action. Sloan has... Uh, <laughs> Sloan is playing Mr. Exposition, and he's explaining that, uh, you know, sexy pilot lady, I've just uh, hired a man to steal three pellets which I'm now going to deliver to somebody. And she says, well, guess what? You're going to be delivering it to him in about three minutes. He says, three minutes? You can't land this plane in three minutes. And she says, uh, who says I'm landing? And she pushes a button. His seat turns, and he and the seat go out of the plane. So first of all... <laughs> Never flying Spirit Airlines again. 
wouldn't that be expensive to like lose seats that way? Like anytime you kill a man or, or you, is drop it, him it, off. Yeah, just drop him off. It's equipped with a parachute. Uh, why not just land? Uh, you parachuting can be dangerous. Don't people break their necks doing that? So it could be a really good way to. I I don't know. The, and also, also doesn't it endanger the pellets? <laughs> yes, these very important pellets could go falling to their deaths. Did you understand the pellets? No. <laughs> they could have just called them the MacGuffins. <laughs> Very important that he deliver these three MacGuffins. So he he lands, and some big, strong, beefy guy. A real piece of work. <laughs> mm. he, co- he comes and he says, I'm the chauffeur for the bad guy. Give me the pellets. Here, test them. And then he'll pay you. Uh, what you uh, what he what he owes you, and uh, Sloan says, "Sure, no problem. I've got no reason to to fear you testing these pellets. These pellets are a number one pure pellets. That's the Sloan guarantee. This this doesn't make me nervous at all," he says. So the guy goes with the pellets to uh, a limousine where Roddy McDowell is waiting with his little pellet testing machine. <laughs> and he tests them, and, of course, they're fake pellets. He can't even bother with real pellets. So they're fake pellets, and he says, go and, he, go and kill him because he's, he's, he's trying to rob us. He's trying to cheat he's trying us. trying to sell us fake fucking pellets, that creep. Yes. And what, what else would we you do? We just wasted an airplane seat over this jackass. I'd kill him, too. Yeah, anybody would. <laughs> Sloan brought this on himself. He re- he really did. So this big beefy guy goes to kill Sloan, <laughs> and not with any weapon he has on him. He like breaks a branch off a tree, and and says, "Okay, I'm gonna kill you with this branch." And we should mention that this big beefy guy uh, appears to be in his like early twenties. Okay. Sloan is kind of uh, an out-of-shape guy who's like 50. <laughs> is that fair to say? I, I'm bad at guessing ages, but yeah, thereabouts. Well, guess his age. Sure, I, I agree with you. I'm saying I agree with you. I'm 50. I What, what are, you trying <laughs> to, are you trying to get me to compare you to Sloan? Compare me to Sloan. Jesus Christ. Do it. Jesus. Sloan looked better than me, worse than me. You're about the same. Oh my god, this is just pathetic. Sloan's got nothing on you, babe. You're a beautiful, confident man. I'm more like that robot. Oops, spoiler. Oh no, you gave it away. So he hits. He tries to hit Sloan with the stick, and then suddenly something happens. I think I turned away from the screen for a second, but suddenly the big beefy guy's not moving. He got wrapped up in a parachute. No, oh, oh I'm sorry. He stops moving, which gives Sloan the clever, I'll wrap him up in the parachute, knock him over, and roll him down the hill to the limousine. Because this is like a Bugs Bunny cartoon, I guess. So he does that. At which point, uh, Roddy McDowell pulls him into the car, and we re- learn that he's and, a robot. And at this point, I'm thinking, oh, this is kind of gruesome. This guy's like... Is he going to start keening over his henchman's corpse? What's happening? 
And then you and I, this, you know it's a good episode of television when this happens. You and I turned to each other, locked eyes, and said at the same time, one, two, three. He's a robot? robot. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was so stupid. And in, in real life, if Roddy McDowell was making handsome male robots, it probably would not be to take over the world. But this is fiction. Was he gay? Wasn't he? I don't know. No, I'm no. Should we cut that part out? Yes. So what happens next? Next, don't we follow uh, Mr. Sloan? A man called Sloan. A man called Sloan goes to a office called whatever the fuck CIA. I don't know. Goes into this cheap. And I want to. I want to emphasize to everybody something. The the production values are like negative ten. Dollars basically. I, I, I feel like I, I I read on the Wikipedia page that this was considered like pretty high production values at the time and just God help you people in the seventies or whenever this was. But it it looks terrible. Uh the the lighting's off, everything it just looks like it was filmed on like a a flip phone or something. But they uh there's a sassy t- computer in the office who's like a woman who's flirts with Sloan. Torque is his henchman or like sidekick dude who's like has a big fake arm. Uh, and then there's the boss who seems to be attempting to do an Irish accent, which just made me feel really depressed. And he actually was an Irishman. Seriously? Yes. I looked was it he up. born in Ireland? I believe he was. I'll look it up. Uh, 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 make haste to his Wikipedia page. His accent sounded fake. I don't know what to say. He just sounded really off. Maybe he was an Irishman trying to do an American accent and failing. He was born in Wexford County. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm I'm sorry to this man, but did he sound off to you? I thought he sounded wonderful. I think he sounded like he was talking with like his mouth full. It was bizarre. Wexford County, Wexford. R.I.P. Wexford. Jesus Christ. Alma mater, University College, Dublin. Yeah, that's where my great uncle went. So they might have known each other. I might have insulted this uh, one of his fellow alumni. Jesus, you have some apology letters to write. <laughs> Oof, jeez. When did him. when did you when would your uncle have gone there? Uh sure. I, I don't know. He he served in World War Two, so that gives you a sense of his age. Mr. O'Hurley was uh, born in 1919. Maybe they knew each other. They might have actually gone to school together. <laughs> so you're like shitting on your. your I thought he sounded friend. like you. He didn't sound like he had a real Irish accent. He's probably so- your great great uncle's best friend ever. Probably they probably like were total bros. <laughs> probably went out drinking together. Yeah, that's definite. <laughs> Jesus, I bet Dan O'Hurley probably saved your great uncle's life. <laughs> now you're writing fan fiction. Let's go. Probably. Let's move on. Your family tree would have been wiped out if not for his heroic action. Oh my god! And I'm calling him a fake Irishman. That's just awful. It is. I I hang my head in shame. Well, uh, all I can say is, it's well deserved. (laughs) You're the one who wanted to watch this, Kevin. Who should really be hanging their head in shame? I told you, I've not seen this since I was. I guess if it went out there in December of 79, I was at that point eight. Well, I think we should go back in time and yell at your seven-year-old self. I mean, once there was some sort of family function <laughs> uh, that I, I was at, and when the, the, man's, <laughs> the man called Sloan came on, 
as I was watching the clock, said, we gotta stop everything. <laughs> then my uncle in an uncle's house, and I went and sat in front of the TV to watch the latest exciting episode. Everyone else is like, where's that little freak? I was watching a man called Sloan Figures. I honestly thought it was as good as James Bond, and it's not. What it's you, not even close. What do you think appealed to young Kevin? It's not even close. No, let's unpack this. What appealed to you at that age? Uh, <laughs> Robert Conrad seemed to get on well with the ladies. He seemed to be charming. He had little adventures. He had fun gadgets. Any kid wants a gadget. Yeah, any kid does want a gadget. At one point in, in the episode, no one's following the plot so that doesn't matter that's not why we're watching a man called sloan i actually don't know why we're watching a man called sloan there's there's a there's a part where he and a lady are i guess on some sort of beach and there's this extended sequence where this dune buggy uh (laughs) will come within like maybe 10 feet of them and then turn around and come within 10 feet of them again and they're like run and get in bushes and wait for that for it to come back so it'll pass them they're running hide in bushes it passes them again so then they ride and ride and hide in other bushes and then it passes them again that's just called being a pedestrian in indianapolis and so he has a gadget where i don't know why it took takes him so long to use it because this sequence lasted like 10 minutes <laughs> it's half the episode he, he reaches the gadget he points it vaguely in the direction of the dune buggy. Uh, he pushes the button, and there's an explosion, and the dune buggy driver is killed horribly. <laughs> I think that dune buggy driver was a robot, no? So, so yeah. So Rodney, Rodney McDowell is making these robots, and he reveals his plan to a young lady who's working with him. He says, young lady who's working with me, I'm making all these robots. They're going to rule the world. What do you think about that? And she's like, oh, no, Mr. McDowell, I don't really like that. I think I need to go home and lie down. And I was like, if you, like, they always do this in these things. Wouldn't you just be like, that's great. Love that, boss. And then, like, (laughs) at the end of the day, just clock out like normal and just don't come back. Right? So, of course, she's like, I think this is wrong. And then she gets arrested by the robots. So you're advocating for what we would call, what, the good Nazi approach? I'm just saying you You would have just gone along. I would have just gone along. For a day. Until the end of my fucking shift. So for eight hours, you're participating in Nazi. Hey, it looks like the mid-afternoon, okay? Maybe two hours at tops. And And then I go home and I call the police. Well, if you can live with that. Oh, my God. Well, she's just a sculptor. She's not, like, designing it. What what is she? What is her role? She's just making the faces of the robots? I don't even know. The whole thing is so weird. This whole thing has a very off-kilter feel to it for some reason. I can't really put my finger on it. So then suddenly, uh, Sloan wants to break into Roddy McDowell's headquarters and... Oh, isn't there a sequence first? I'm getting all over the place. Just like the show. Uh, he convinces his boss, I can get back in with these guys. Just give me real pellets. Yeah, give me the real shit. Give me the real stuff. Come on, you know you want to. And-, and, and so then we cut to the uh, sexy helicopter pilot 
is getting a massage from an old lady. We zoom in on her <laughs> back, and then we zoom out, and the old lady is gone, perhaps killed. And she, <laughs> Maybe she's just a robot. She's been replaced by Sloan. And Sloan said, guess what, babe? I got the real pellets now. And then... Uh, <laughs> And I'm 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 a good guy. I really want to give these pellets to him. Uh, what happened before was uh, some black guy I was working with <laughs> gave me bad pellets. What? <laughs> That's what he says. He didn't say that. The guy. The, the tortoise. Happened. What happens? What happens is <laughs> they go out into the parking lot together, and Torque is like uh, lurking around a car. And so Sloan like pulls a gun on him, and it's a very racist scene. How, how is it a racist scene? Why don't you explain that? Why don't you explain? No, it? You explain it. What makes it racist? Do we need to cut this part out? No, I don't think so. You explain it. I've set the stage. I'm raising the curtain. You explain Sloan and Torque's little street well, theater. Well, like Sloan is just like harassing this black guy who happens, you know, is Torque. In, in this parking lot, and it just looks weird. The whole thing just looks off and disturbing. And then he's like, I'm going to take care of this guy. And the woman drives off, and I guess the implication is he's going to kill Torque? You see, I'm going to take care of this guy. Why don't you go and visit your secret headquarters in this guy's car? Which I haven't put any transmitters or anything on. So she apparently came there in her own car. <laughs> now she's, how's she going to get back? This is pre-Uber. So she drives off, and, like, the second she gets out of frame, like, Torque and Sloan are, like, smiling. Oh, we sure thrilled her. She's also probably, she'd look back in her rear view mirror, she'd see that he's not killing this guy. She'd see they were, like, smiling and laughing, because Sloan's no racist. <laughs> not a man called Sloan. So then Sloan, now that he's tracked her to the headquarters, she's, he's given her one pellet to test. And uh, they need three pellets to power the robots. That's what we've been told. Yes. But then we forget about it. They've <laughs> emphasized that, people. They've em the three pellets or else. We need the three. And then forget about it. Don't worry about it. It's One's fine. I was just over-exaggerating. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. So then we cut to Sloan outside the house and he's, what does Sloan do with that camera? The security camera. So, no, first we cut to just the security camera and, and the this like, like stippling is appearing all over it. And I thought for a second ants were crawling over the thing. I was like, what the fuck shit is this? And it's, 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 it's. It's Sloan spray painting the camera, but it took me a it took me a moment to figure out what the fuck was going on. That's the, the spy's big move. He goes down to Ace Hardware, <laughs> he buys like a ninety nine cent can of spray paint. That's his big gadget. You know, sometimes simple is best. That's the Sloan method. And isn't this when we get an extended uh, shot of his backside? Yeah, big booty. <laughs> big booty zoom in. Jumping over the fence. Flesh-colored pants. Flesh-colored pants. And this shot lingers. At this point, I was like, I was on IMDb. And there's a reviewer on IMDb who says, frankly, Robert Conrad did not have the body for these kinds of acrobatics. (laughs) The problem isn't, like, the problem is, like, we're supposed to think he's really smooth and cool. If he was embracing the dad bod and the dad lifestyle, that would be fine because we'd be like, okay, like he's he's still he's still nimble for a dad, but it wants you to think I'm a cool, sexy, uh, twenty nine at most year old. I mean, it's like okay, calm, calm the fuck down. Do you know what I mean? I oh jeez. And you were asking me like if you could move better. I don't think, I don't think you could hop a fence. But I think you would do a better job of, like, dignified, a dignified entrance. Yeah, if I knew where a camera is, I'm not going to be showing my backside You'd like, to it. Instead of buying, instead of buying uh, spray paint at, at Ace, you'd go and buy a ladder, perhaps, right? And go over at a different entry point so you're not on film. And then I'd go on Instagram and get a filter. <laughs> For your butt? Yes. <laughs> But then knowing you, you'd accidentally put, like, dog ears on your butt or something trying to do different <laughs> filters. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was kind of... It, the, the, whole, the whole episode just feels slightly off. I just... I loved it. I, I really loved watching this because I never knew what was going to happen. <laughs> I knew the general plot of the... Okay, oh, the robots are going to be bad. But I, I never knew what the fuck weird shit was going to go down. And I love shows like that. So then he gets into the secret compound. He's confronted by a robot. The robot has a flamethrower in his mouth. It's surreal. I love that. It's like, these nachos are really hot! And and so, like, Sloan, what, did he gives him a gentle push? Yeah, just kind of a gentle, ugh, get out of here. And he falls into a pool, and he's electrocuted. Yeah, just... And so these menacing robots who we're so terrified of, all you need to defeat them is a rainstorm or garden hose. Yeah, gar- get us, get some kids out with some super soakers. Go back to that Ace Hardware, get a good sprinkler. Yeah, this is, they're not going to, 
they're gonna they're gonna show up and like some areas may be fucked. Like they they can take over Phoenix, but they're not gonna get Seattle, right? I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna last two seconds in the Pacific Northwest. I just I don't know. The 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 robots became much less intimidating after that. And what did you think Riley McDowell's this brand inventor? Just make them waterproof. We're water resistant. You drop your iPhone in the pool, it'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, this one I have, but in previous versions, it might get fucked up. But e- either way, you should be doing better. You should be aiming for more. <laughs> I, really don't think- <laughs> I said you drop it in the pool. You suddenly, you, 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 all your energy went down. You were like sadly remembering your iPhone experiences. Uh, just, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going through my flashbacks. Tell me your iPhone flashbacks. I, I just, I've, I've dropped them. I've, the, I've, I've had a lot of technological. So you've literally mishaps. dropped it in a pool. I've not dropped a phone in a pool, which is almost surprising, frankly. But I've dropped phones, yeah, just about everywhere else. In the dro- toilet? Uh, n- n- no, no. I just, but just, I remember when I spilled like a big glass of water on one once, and I was like, "This is just comical." My current one, I, I know, I, I think you'll remember, I was listening to some really shitty true crime podcast, uh, in the bathtub, which is kind of a disturbing image so sorry about that everybody but and then you came into the house and i kind of jumped up to be excited and then that sent a wave that like basically sucked the phone into the bathtub and then it was a it was a tense few hours while it was rebooting but it was okay <laughs> maybe the robots were like that maybe it looks bad for a minute but then it then you know it could you, be rebooted like yeah, put them in, in the some bathtub. put them in some rice you know and they're fine just have a big rice bath waiting for all the robots or to be safe you could have been taking a rice bath is, is that really that appealing to you? Well, you could have dropped your iPhone and there was no problem. Like let's, a bath of apples. Let's just let's just move on here. Okay. <laughs> you t- are you trying to be debonair like Sloan? I'm pulling it up. You know th- my little bath of apples banter <laughs> with you. Would you would you would you concede that was sexier than anything on this show? Yeah, and wittier? actually, but I mean that's not really saying much, Kevin. And yeah, the opening where he's like, "Yeah, these these uh, monks use this massage." I was like, "Oh God, creep factor." So you were kind of given that those vibes with your bath of apple. I could also see you <laughs> trying to have a conversation like that with me in public, or like if we were on a plane and like me not hearing you over like the sound of taking off. <laughs> Would you like a bath of apples? I was like, what? <laughs> you calling me an asshole? What? <laughs> so I can see how some of your personality was molded by this Sloan yeah. show. Oh, it's an it's an it's a reference to this weird album. Comfort me with apples by the great India Adams. Well, I mean, I do love apples, so I wouldn't want to bathe in them though. I didn't just pull it out of nowhere. I figured you were just being your oddball self. Your Sloan-esque self. But then, you know, you get one guy, one robot in a pool and kill him. But this guy has a lot of robots. You can't push them all in the pool. So he's swiftly captured. And then he's he is imprisoned in a room with that sculptor lady. And the security system there is like, uh, cartoons. Yeah, it's like if I turn on this switch, big purple beams will blare from the ceiling. And they're really badly animated purple beams. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And so the exciting 
you're, you, you want your heroes to do exciting things and you want them to look really great doing them. And so the way they escape from this death trap is they find a, a tea tray and they, and Sloan holds it so it blocks and reflects one of the purple beams of light, at which point the lady crawls between his legs. And then she holds the tray awkwardly and he crawls between her legs. Maybe they explained it. I didn't even get what the urgency was because they were just in a nice like hotel suite together and like didn't Riley McDowell say you only have half an hour? Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I, I was thinking that I'm like, what the fuck's gonna? Are the, the we're not seeing the beams move towards them like it's gonna slice like 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 spikes on the walls or something? It, it just oh, after thirty minutes you're gonna have to check out. I mean, what the fuck's? I mean, I don't. Ugh, the whole thing just annoyed me, and that was embarrassing. Yeah, the the going under the legs just situation. Also, he's supposed. Rodney McDowell's supposed to be this genius inventor. You didn't think about this. Like, let's get, let's hand them. There's lots of things Rodney McDowell didn't think of. He didn't of. think of a lot. Because then they walk into the room where all the robots were, and they see Rodney McDowell lying dead on the floor. <laughs> End of the episode. Take it from there. Turns out Rodney McDowell's main robot. We needed three pellets and only had one. Only had one. With just one pellet, decided that he was going to go evil and destroy his creator so he could be in charge because he's named Alexander after Alexander the Great. And then it turns out the pilot lady from the beginning, she's all like into it. Like she's keep on being like, I want to fuck this robot. Like literally, basically in front of everybody because uh, he's like a big, strong robot. And she, I guess that's what she's into. And she, uh, she goes with him after he's killed Roddy McDowell. To be his rob- to be his girlfriend, basically, and so he's his plan is world domination, and it, you're thinking, okay, it's a robot thing, but this man, this 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 robot man, he has hypnosis powers. He can freeze people. He can shoot flames. He can do all this different shit. It's just so stupid. He has like unlimited power. I just wanted to point that out because I feel like a robot, robots aren't usually hypnotizing people. That's like a ghost thing or a wizard thing. But who's the wizard? See, the question is, all through this episode, and I'm getting a whiff of it now, you were very, very judgmental about this woman's obvious sexual interest in the robot. Now, isn't it possible she was hypnotized by the robot into wanting to have sex with him? Oh, don't say That's just creepy. That's robot rape. I don't think that's what was happening, though, because we never see that. And she pretty much quit. Like, the only thing that breaks her out of it is she's like, Eventually, he's like, I, I have no more use for you. And she's like, oh, that sucks. So I'm going to have you strangled. She's like, hey, come on. That's not fair. And he's like, yeah, I'm a robot. I don't really care. And she's like, ah, what an asshole. So that's and not. Then, 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 she doesn't even really try to escape. She's like, ah, okay. Well, what are you going to do? fuck me. I guess I chose the wrong side. But maybe she was hypnotized into making bad decisions. I don't, I don't think so. I think she just, she was looking at the robot very early. He, see, when, when we saw her first making, like, fuck me eyes at the robot, Normally, when he's hypnotizing people, his eyes are glowing yellow. He wasn't doing that to her. She was just into it. In fairness, my eyes don't always glow when I hypnotize you. Oh, no! (laughs) That's your Sloan moves. (laughs) God. But then uh, Sloan and Tork uh, show up and save her. And then we cut to the end of the episode. Where the sculptor lady is making uh, a sculpture of Sloan. There's been a running gag of the sculptor lady's mom hating all the men she brings home. So then Sloan 
like wins over her mom, but so does the Irishman who I slandered. I guess he's gonna date the mom, and he's like, he's like, yeah, come in, I'm making like, oh, you know, we're having your mother's salad, but my dressing, and it was like, okay, <laughs> a little I bit. Think, odd. I think it was Torque there too. Torque's there, obviously, and uh, and it close it closes on. Did you say it closes on this shot of a really bad sculpture of? Sloane's face. Yeah. Haunting. Chilling. Bizarre. Kevin's childhood. One of your formative moments. I love this show. It was on Saturday nights. I adored it. Best thing I'd ever seen. It's like seeing a new James Bond movie every week. <laughs> For the price of nothing. But keep in mind, my, my gold standard of James Bond movies was like Moonraker. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Five hours of dune buggy, moon buggy action. Yeah, this this was a... Uh... Okay, but I'm going to tell you this. I would take this episode, because it made me laugh, okay? I, I was cracking up at some of the weirdness. Uh, The, the year-long underwater fight in, like, two James Bond movies didn't make me laugh. The year-long moon buggy chase didn't make me laugh nor did the year-long speedboat chase in live and let die with the racist sheriff so this in some ways was more entertaining than those elements of james bond what about uh sloan's and torque's little racist street theater that was that was funny in like a horrifying sense and, and like torque had the pellets hidden in his finger so like like Sloane had to like take the guy's pull finger my off. finger. That's how you get the pellets. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> it's just it was it was <clears throat> the pellets and also pellets is not an intimidating word at all. They should have picked something better. Why not like gems or something? That sounds cooler. You get Roddy Spheres? McDowell is a guest star. You kill him off in the middle of the episode. Maybe he had a go. He wanted to take a rain check, and they're like, "Oh, we'll just have the robots kill him." I don't know. It was, it was, it was really bad, but it was kind of funny bad, in my opinion. It, it didn't, it wasn't dull. So you're a fan. I'd watch another one. I thought it was pretty funny. So bad. would you watch the entire run? Are you, were you committing now, before the cock crows three times, to watch the entire run of a man called Slug, and report back to mystery to me your findings? <laughs> All I can say to that is, all for Sloan and Sloan for all! (laughs) Are are the people who were into the Sloan fandom, are they the Sloan Rangers? (laughs) I I have to, the premise of your, there's nobody in the Sloan. I know, I'm kidding! It's just you. I'm surprised that we didn't like turn this on and find it was all just like, you know, that's you know fuzzy snowy TV white noise thing. Like there was no there was think, no show think, called Man from Sloan. A man called Sloan. Whatever. I don't. Care. A man from Sloan. If they didn't want to make people I'm a that man thingy. from Sloan. You are a man from Sloan, and that's really <laughs> says something very bad about your character. <laughs> Jesus, you're dying now. Now you've been exposed. You're you're. you're I'm confusing with from man from uncle. I know. I just. Oh, you mean a man called uncle? <laughs> See, that would offend you. That would shake you that to your core. That was an actual show. It ran for 
festival season. A man called Uncle. No, a ma- the man from Uncle. Oh my god. A man called. Well, I just here's the thing. Like, like David, a man called Uncle. You have an uncle named David, and so do you. Yes. Here's the thing, though. I feel like some shows. I was thinking about this. Some shows can get away with, like the the a good example, Twenty Four, right? Great program. And it just tells you what it is. Twenty four hours of the day. Uh, lost. They don't know where they are. They're on an island. They crashed on a plane. Where they're lost. What you know? What's gonna happen? Are they gonna find themselves? Get found? Find some dumb number shit? Who knows? Like a man, the man from Uncle doesn't make sense on numerous levels, because it also is about two guys ultimately, even though it was initially planned as one. But like it just kind of you kind of just roll with it. But then a, a man called Sloane. What were they trying to get at with that title? Like, are we supposed to be that impressed by this guy? What about a man called Hawk? One season show with the great Avery Brooks. Do they have a crossover episode where it's Sloan and Hawk, Hawk and Sloane? You'd love that. A Sloan and Hawk episode? I don't know what the Hawk thing is about. About this man called Hawk. Jesus see, you see, there's this guy named Spencer, who is this uh, private eye in Boston. Uh, he's a great old guy, and he has, he has a moral code. But he has a friend who's a bit more violent than he is, a bit more aggressive. A guy named Hawk. So after the Spencer show went off the air, they said, well, let's keep it going with uh, Give Hawk His Own Show. We'll call it A Man Called Hawk. Did that come first or did the man called Sloan come first? Who man, is... man called Sloan came first. Okay. Why not just called it Hawk? And what did you feel about the 1970 film A Man Called Horse? <laughs> I've never heard of this shit. Uh, and what did you think of the uh, 1970 spaghetti western film, A Man Called Sledge? Never, never heard of it. All these men and all their names. And I know you're a, a huge fan of Tom Hanks. He has a movie coming out later this year, uh, A Man Called Otto. <laughs> I'm not aware of all these men and all their names. I'm sorry. Sorry to these men. So are we, are we ready to go? Give us a, your pithy one liner. That'll make us laugh and then wipe away a tear. I'd say that the night of the wizard was not great television, (laughs) but it's wackiness. Sloan through brightly. (laughs) Oh God. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.